God bless you. I pray you're having a good Sunday so far. Um, it's good to come together with you to be here today and and um, just pray that you and your homes, your families are blessed today. I want to uh, start off with a couple of announcements and things um, just to bring everybody up to speed. First of all, I want to say a great big thank you to our young people for uh, this past weekend. We had a great time, um, a full weekend. If I look tired, it's probably because I tried to keep up with young people Friday and Saturday. Uh, but it's good that we uh, we had a great time. I want to say a special thank you to Brother Timothy, Brother Matthew, Sister Kayla, and Sister Elena. They put a lot of work in over the course of Friday night and yesterday. Um, we had a great time. We had a, uh, if you didn't know, this would have been the week of our um, youth camp. And so, of course, with plans having to be revised for youth camp, we, uh, we had to, we came up with a, uh, a Section 3 and Section 5 youth weekend uh, here over uh, the course of Friday night and Saturday. And so Friday night we had in the neighborhood of uh, 16 or so young people here at the church and they were able to watch and participate with uh, a worship service and preaching and uh, the Spirit of God was here in our sanctuary and, and moved over them. We had a great time of prayer um, and response and, and worship and everything. So I, I thank you and I commend you for that, young people. And then yesterday we drove over to Richland. We got to pr be with some of our uh, other uh, churches. Some of the youth of other churches were there as well. And uh, another great time. We had a great time of uh, prayer and worship and the word there. So uh, thank you. And then we played softball, volleyball, football, a little bit of everything after that at the park there. So um, we had a great time. Again, I just want to say thanks to our youth uh, and our youth leaders for, for what they did, uh, going above and beyond. We were, uh, we were very well represented, and I appreciate that um, for this congregation. I also, uh, along those lines, want to make mention to you today that um, we are doing a Sheaves for Christ offering. And so uh, without going into great detail, those many of you probably are familiar with it. Some of you probably are not. But Sheaves for Christ is a, um, an, an offering that we give towards for uh, the United Pentecostal Church. And uh, it's primarily a youth-driven fundraiser. So this was a Sheaves for Christ youth weekend that we did. And so um, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to pray and seek the Lord about any that anything that He might want to have you give as an offering towards that. Uh, if you if you have offerings that you want to give, I, I trust you're util, utilizing our PayPal. So far, we also have our kiosk here in the building um, that I can meet you to to do that with. Or if you just want to reach out to me individually, and, and if you have questions about it or need to get something into my hands that way, um, we're available for that. But over the course of just this next week or next few days and next week, um, I would encourage you to seek the Lord about what He might have you give towards that. It's taken and, and, and those offerings are used all over the world, literally, um, for the gospel and to, to, uh, to help missionaries, to help many, many services and functions of, of our church and our church organization. 
So um, be prayerful about that and seek the Lord about what he might want you to give towards that. And again, just let me know if you have any, um, any questions about that. I'd be happy to help and assist with that. Um, this Tuesday night, last Tuesday, we had a great time at the, uh, at the Sela Church building. We had a service outdoors there last Tuesday night, and it was great. This Tuesday, we are not going to be doing an, an outdoor service there. We're going to be doing our Zoom uh, Bible study Tuesday night, this, t this coming Tuesday. And so I just want to give everybody a heads up for that. I'm actually going to be kind of traveling in and out of town. So we won't be able to facilitate another outdoor service this coming week, uh, but we will be doing a Zoom Bible study on Tuesday night. And so um, with that, I just want to encourage you, thank you again, everybody that takes time, sets this time aside, um, and is faithful on our Sunday uh, and Tuesday night services, Zooms, broadcasts, Bible studies, everything that we're doing. Um, also, I want to mention this Thursday night is going to be our ladies' activity. So all the ladies set aside that, that evening, Thursday evening, to make sure that you are available to participate. And uh, thank you, thank you again. This has been a, a good month for us of, of trying out these Thursday night activities and trying to do something for everyone at least uh, one week out of the month from our children to our youth and then our men and women. So thanks again for uh, participating with that. I'm excited about it. Looking forward to uh, what the Lord will do with the ladies this Thursday. But it's a great time, great time to fellowship as a, uh, a specialized group or a small group, if you will. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, I also want to say thank you for your prayers for my father. M many of you know that uh, he was sick and in the hospital last week. Um, a little over a week ago, he had found out that he had coronavirus, as well as a couple of other uh, people there around where he lives. Uh, and so the, the Lord uh, was with him. On Tuesday of last week, he was put into the hospital and um, found out he had pneumonia in both lungs, and it was just kind of a uh, touch-and-go scenario for a while. But uh, I want to say thank you for your prayers for him. He was able to go home just a couple of days later. The Lord really uh, healed him and turned that around, so I'm thankful for that. And I want to say thank you for your prayers for him and for my family. Uh, we felt the strength and the peace of God through that, so I'm thankful, thankful for that. Um, before we go further, I think it'd be good if we just prayed together. Wherever you're at, I, I think if we can just set aside a little bit of time. I know the Lord's going to speak to us today. I've got some scriptures that I want to go through and, and, and talk about. But before we do that, um, why don't we just take some time and pray. Wherever you are there, if you'll just focus on the Lord for a little bit and uh, let the Lord have his way. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing in our midst, Lord. I pray right now, Father, that you would have your way among us. Jesus, I pray that your spirit right now would go into each home, Lord, every place that, that people are watching this. I pray right now, God, the leading of your spirit, the working of your spirit today. Jesus, I pray that you would be among us, Lord, that your presence would be made known. Jesus, that we would hear your word. I pray that we would receive strength today, that we, were, we would receive edification and direction today. 
in the name of Jesus. God, I know that we are doing our best to live a life that's pleasing to you. And I pray today, God, that your grace, that your word, that your strength, God, it would empower us. Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing, Lord, even in our own efforts, our own best efforts, God, are, are not good enough. But with your grace, you are able to, to make up that difference and make up that gap. I thank you for it today, Jesus. God, I pray for those that might need a touch in their bodies today, a physical healing. Lord, I pray right now the, the, the Spirit of God would minister, Lord. I pray that it would heal and touch, Lord. Jesus, I pray for those that might be struggling in their mind today. Jesus, I pray that you would be the comforter, that you would minister peace and wholeness today. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for those, God, that might be feeling lonely right now, God, or be feeling alone in this season. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would be the comforter. I pray that your spirit, O oh God, would be there and Lord, it would be manifest. Your presence would become known to us, Jesus, and that we know you are always with us, God, that there is no one like you and that we could never replace you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would be with us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, have your way today. I pray that our minds would be open to you, Jesus, that we would hear from you, God, I pray that our minds would be free of distraction, Lord. I pray that our minds would be free of anything, Lord Jesus, that would be a hindrance to the work of your spirit. Jesus, in your name, I give you thanks and praise today, God. Hallelujah. Would you just express a little bit of thanks to the Lord for a minute? Lord, I thank you. You are so good to me, Jesus. I thank you for every blessing, Lord God. I thank you for every time you've taken me through a trial, Lord Jesus. You've proven yourself faithful to me, God. I thank you, Lord, for this church and this congregation to be a part of it, Lord God, to be a part of your work in the kingdom, Lord, in this earth. Jesus, I thank you for that today. I thank you for the peace of God that's washed over our minds, Lord. I thank you for the peace of God that indwells us, Lord and keeps us through trying times. Lord, I thank you for every blessing, God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I praise you, Father. Lord, we give you thanks today. We give you glory and praise. Hallelujah to your name. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray strength over this congregation today. For every man and every woman, Lord, I pray for every young person and every child. I pray strength over them today, Lord. I pray you give them direction for this day. I pray you give them a burden, Lord, that's from you. God, to see your kingdom established in their own lives. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. God, I pray that you would strengthen couples and marriages today. I pray that you would strengthen the homes, the family units, Lord God. Jesus, this is a work that only you can do. We pray it today, God. We receive it today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, amen. Well, I would like you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, 
to the book of Romans chapter 14. I feel like I want to read a couple of different settings and passages of scripture, but I feel the Lord is uh, wanting to share some things with us today. Um, man, I don't even know what week we are on of this whole crazy pandemic and, and, uh, and all that's almost still a daily occurrence as far as what's going to happen new, what's going to change, what's, what's next in this, what feels like a crazy cycle. But I feel like the Lord would speak some things to us today that would help us solidify our, our understanding. And, and really, I believe it would give strength to people as we are still trying to navigate our, our time through a, an uncertain time. So uh, there's that, that measure of uncertainty that I feel. I feel the Lord wants to speak some things that might help us with our understanding and help us, uh, even in a time of uncertainty, help us solidify uh, our own understanding and our own faith today. I'm going to read in the book of Romans chapter 14. If you would uh, please turn there or follow along, I appreciate your willingness to, uh, to participate in this format. So Romans chapter 14. I'm going to start at verse 1. Romans 14 verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth judge him that eateth. Eateth not, judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Now we're talking, this is Paul talking to the book of, uh, to, the, to the church of Romans. Uh, he's talking to them about this example of who eats meat and who eats herbs. And he's saying there's some of you on both sides of this situation, but who I'm dressing both of you. And I'm asking you not to judge one or the other based on what they do or what they don't do. Verse 4, it says, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. And I want to read verse 5, and I want to focus on part of what verse 5 says here. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. And look at this next phase, this, this next phrase in verse 5. It says, Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. That's what I want to talk a little bit about today is the idea of every man being fully persuaded in his own mind. Again, Paul used the example there uh, a couple examples of people, of issues that he knows. There are people on both sides of these issues. And he's saying, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now let me just point out what he did not say was, let every man persuade other people in their own minds. He did not say, let every man take it upon himself to go out and persuade or, or try and win over people to another way of thinking, okay? Paul's saying there are greater issues at hand here. We're going to look through some more in this passage. There are greater issues at hand 
than whether or not you feel like your diet is in line with what somebody else feels their diet's in line with, or days that you celebrate on a calendar versus days that someone else maybe doesn't, or vice versa. There are greater issues is what Paul is saying here. And so the fact is, to simply address this both sides of a coin, Paul says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now I want to look at uh, a couple of other passages. If you look at James chapter 1, if you can turn there uh, or, or, or tap there if you're in, on a, a mobile device, but we want to look at James chapter 1. It says, James, a servant of, of God and the, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. And I read that because it's important to know he's writing this to the 12 tribes or who they symbolize, which is all the people of God, every person. Now, he, Paul wrote in Romans, and he was addressing some, some things in Rome that really applied to that church that are on a greater scale can apply to the whole church. But, but James says here, this is to everybody, everybody that's a part of this body, everybody that's a part of the work, the call, the kingdom of God. And when he says the 12 tribes, that's encompassing everyone. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom. Now here we're talking about being persuaded in our own minds, right? And he says, if any of you lack wisdom. So he's jumping into the element of our mind and what we know, what we think, what we process in our, in our minds. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Giveth what? Giveth wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask God and he gives wisdom. He gives wisdom to all men and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Everybody say nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. If I know I need wisdom on a situation. I'm not going to be wavering back and forth as far as, well, maybe this is the right thing to do, or maybe this is the right thing to do, or this situation that's presented itself. I, uh, I, maybe this is the way to go, or maybe this is the way to go. That, that's an example of wavering. Okay, So really, I don't even have to have, in this context, I don't have to have the answer at the time that I'm asking God for wisdom but I do have to have the faith and not waver in the sin. Here's what I mean by that. If I, go to, if I go to Brother Timothy, who's sitting right there on the other side of the camera, and I say, Brother Tim, I need some advice. I'm going to ask you for some wisdom on a situation. If I have predetermined in my mind, well, the advice that he gives me, whatever it is, I might listen to it or I might not. You know, I'll take it into consideration. I'll, 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 I'll think a little bit more about what he has to say, and then we'll, you know, we'll go from there and see how we feel. What I'm doing is I'm actually, in just that kind of a posture or, or disposition, I'm, I'm really not seeking him for wisdom. I'm seeking him for 
another opinion. I'm seeking him for just some more additional input. And then I'll take, yeah, I just want to gather all the information and I'll take all that information and maybe decide this, maybe decide that. I'm still wavering if that's my, if that's my way of thinking. The, the, deal, the deal here is we're asking God for wisdom. Now, he gives it. That's what the scripture says. He giveth liberally to all men wisdom. He, he's going to compound that. Here's what you should do, and here's a little bit more of the reasoning behind what you should do, and here's the real example. And all these things are why you need to do what you do, and the Lord's given me that. And if I'm going to sit there and say, well, this is good input from God, this is good advice from him, and I'll think a little bit more about it, and I'll, 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 I'll consider that and whether or not I want to act on it. Really what I'm doing is I am wavering because my faith that takes me to God in the first place is faith that says, Lord, you know what's right. You know the answer. You are the one with the wisdom. You're the wise, the just, the, the judge of all things. And so when I go before you, I'm not looking for another opinion. I'm looking for what's right in your eyes. And when you tell me what's right in your eyes, because this is my faith, I will, I will hold to that. I will act on that, believe in that. And now I can't waver. I don't get to waver. And he says here, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. If you're wavering... Now, because he, he uses the sea and, and the wind and all those elements because that's an example of someone who is not stable, someone who is even not stationary in their, in their, uh, in their position. They, they think, well, maybe this element over here is a, is a greater one to consider, or maybe this element here, and it says he's tossed like waves in the sea and the wind. We know we're going to get wind and, and we're going to get uh, waves. You know, the turmoil of this life is proof to us that things aren't going to be perfect and things, trials will come. The, the, the winds will blow and, and the waves will crash. That's all guaranteed. What James is saying here is be the one who's not wavering back and forth with all of those elements with all of those different facets of life. Find your anchor. Find your, your salvation, your rock. And that's God. And hold to that. Cling to that. And then you won't be wavering. It even says in verse 7, still talking about he that wavers, it says, let, that, let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. It's, it, this is James putting it plainly right out there at the beginning. I'm just, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Before you even go to God to ask Him for wisdom, know that if you are going to be someone who wavers, don't expect to receive from God what it is that you're asking for. Right? That's what James is saying. Let not that man think he will receive anything. Because why would God tell you if he knows you're not going to act on it? 
if he knows, well, here's what's right, and I'm going to tell you what's right, but then you're just going to take this and, you know, falter. You're going to be thrown this way and that way. Let not that man think he can receive anything or shall receive anything from the Lord. And it says it in verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable. That's what we're talking about here. Someone who's unstable in all of his ways. Remember, we read it in, in Romans. Be fully persuaded. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Because James says here, a double-minded man. A man who's not fully persuaded is unstable in all of his ways. See, I think there is a, uh, I think there is a deception that goes on, even in the church to, to, to the people of God, because the, the enemy would love to deceive. He is a deceiver, right? He's a liar in him. There is no truth. But he would love to deceive us into thinking, well, as long as you have one element of your faith, as long as you have, you know, as long as you, I'll give you an example. As long as you know you have to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, that's a good, solid element of the rock and the foundation. Just hold to that, and then all the other elements, all the other parts of the foundation of your belief system, those things can kind of be up in the air. Those things can be, you know, questionable. Maybe you really don't have to do this. Maybe, you, yeah, you've heard this preached and you know that the Bible talks about this and you've seen it exampled in other people's lives, but maybe that's not quite as necessary as this. No, you're, you're no you know you're not going to move on this issue. You know you're... <laughs> I'm going off of my example to give you another example. If we talk about negotiations for a minute, we know... It, when you go into a negotiation, here's the thing that I am not going to move on, right? This is what this is my bottom line. Okay, I'm going off my example to um, that example to give you another example. You following me? How many of you have ever listed something for sale on online, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or or whatever? You've listed it. Maybe it's a car. I don't know. Maybe it's a a baseball glove. I, who knows what it is. Uh, a furniture in your house. You've listed that thing for sale. You know right away how much you would be okay selling it for and how much you wouldn't be okay selling it for, right? You kind of you kind of settle in your mind, okay, this is the bottom line offer. I, I, I paid $500 for this thing and I got a few good years of use out of it and it's still got value there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to sell this thing. I would, I, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to move it easy. I'll, I'll take $100 for it. And you get that, that number, $100 in your mind. I guarantee you the first offer is not going to be $100. It's not, or the first question is going to be, how low can you go for this item? What's the lowest you will take? Right? Ugh. If those of us that sell items online, I think we can all agree and just groan at that a little bit because that's always the first question, right? What's the lowest you'll go? Well, 100. You know, I paid 500. I got good use out of it, but it's still got value. I'm taking 100 for it. I don't know how often this happens, but it's probably got to be very rare. Okay, here you go. Here's your $100. Thank you. Nope. Will you take 70 for it? I just told you. 
the lowest I'm going to take is 100. Okay, how about 80, 85? Oh, what are we not getting through here? You see, I, I have determined in my mind, but here's the problem. I start to think, well, how much, you know, if he's, if he's going to offer me 85, now I'm only talking about a difference here of $15. How much is $15 really worth to me in the, in the scheme of $100? You know, am I willing to settle? Am I willing to uh, go back and, and decide? Or some of us, nope, if it's not 100, I am not budging. And others of us be like, okay, well, $15, I can make that up another way. I can. And, and what we do is we kind of have this bottom line, but then we even will go below that if the deal is, is right. If it's right for me, I feel like, okay, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll justify going down just a little bit further from what I said I wasn't going to move from. Now, that's, a, that's a, a worldly example, but now let's go back to my example about uh, the doctrine and the things that I know and I believe cannot be changed. It's in the Word of God. And, and the Scripture, all throughout Scripture, it lists and justifies and tells you and explains and teaches you truth from cover to cover. The Word of God is truth from Genesis to Revelation. And if I believe one thing in there, I need to believe everything in there. But see, we start to, the enemy would say, well, as, as long as you're good on this, just this one point, or this, this list of faith, these tenets of your faith, if you will. You can stand strong on those. And then, you know, these other things, don't worry about it. The, you maybe, maybe you feel like you don't have a full, solid foundation or understanding or grasp of that particular issue. So instead of going and asking God for wisdom, remember it says it here, He gives us wisdom. Instead of doing that, we think, well, that's okay. Those just aren't my strong areas. Talking about, you know, uh, that particular issue is not my strong suit. So I'll just, I'll just av avoid that situation or uh, try, to, try to steer every thought, every conversation back to my strong areas. All I have to do is simply ask God, Lord, will you give me wisdom in this area? I know it's an area that I'm lacking. I know it may be an area that I'm struggling with. Will you give me wisdom for that? When the Lord says yes, I give wisdom liberally. First of all, i got to do like the full passage of James here says and know, okay, if I'm really asking him for wisdom and if he's really going to give me some, i got to take that. I have to receive it and, and know, not, well, that sounds a little bit too far off. Let's go back again to my comfort zones. Mm -mm. See, I'm wavering just in that one particular area. I'm wavering because he's told me what is right. He's told me what is true, but I... I'm not accepting it or I'm just not putting it into practice or whatever it is. If I am not going off of the word that he's given me, I become like the man that's explained here in James, the man who becomes unstable. Now, the reason why I went through those examples as far as, you know, one, you know, what's your bottom line and what's your what's your your uh, elements of the doctrine that you're strong on? Because. This is a simple word, but I, we need to understand it. He, when he says it there in James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all. Everybody say all. All his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Even those areas that you feel like are your strong suit, or maybe that one particular part of the doctrine that you know this can't be changed because 
we deceive ourselves if we think, well, I'm just going to hold fast to this one part of the doctrine because it's the one thing that I know is true and I, I've been fully persuaded of that item. We have to be fully persuaded of all of God, all of His Word, all that He is and says He is and all that He tells us to do. Because if I'm double-minded in one area, it won't take long for that that instability, instability, it won't take long for that to start to shake the other foundations that I feel like are, are firm in my life and true in my life. Amen? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This, this passage came up in a, uh, a conversation between me and a couple of other, uh, other people here about a week or so ago. And this, uh, this passage came, came up in our conversation, and as we were talking about it, I thought, man, I, I better double-check and know what it is that this passage really says before I kind of throw it out there as an example in conversation. So I just want us to look at it today a little bit, because Paul, who wrote the book of Romans to the church in Rome and, and talked about being fully persuaded in your mind, is the same guy who writes this in 1 Corinthians, and it's 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 almost, if you're not careful, it sounds like he could be contradicting himself. But I promise you, he's not. And let's read what he says. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 is where I'm going to read here. 1 Corinthians 9, 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew. And that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. So he's saying, I, to the Jews, when he says, I became a Jew, okay, I think that's the crux of, of the issue that we're talking about here. What does that mean? Does it mean he put on the robes and the, and the headdress and, you know, started to recite the, what, what is it that he did when he says he became a Jew? What he did was he said, the elements of my nature... That, that I can identify with that group of people. I allowed those elements of my nature to be portrayed in my humanity so that I could gain them. Okay? I want you to catch this. This is really important, what he says, I, he does here. I became as a Jew. I showed them that someone who lives in this instance as as those that are under the law, someone that lives like someone under the law can still have this Holy Ghost, this Holy Spirit, this walk with God that I have. And I showed them by becoming as they are under the law. Remember, the Scripture says Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? If we talk about wanting to be Christians, wanting to be like God, then especially those that are under the law he could become like them and prove, look, I can be a Christ-like person and live through these areas, through these elements. Verse 21, to them that are without the law, as without the law, he says, I became as one without the law. Now look what he says, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. That, that's the, just, or that's the, uh, the important part we have to mention here. 
So if Paul says, I can live like a Jew and still be pleasing to God, and then he says, I can live like a Gentile and still be pleasing to God, he's saying there are elements because God loves everyone. God wants to reach everyone. God would move in the life of every person no matter what no matter what background, no matter what type of life they have. He's saying God loves them enough and he's using me to prove a person can live in this way, in this fashion and be brought to Christ. See that? Be brought to Christ. He says that I might gain some. To gain means to add to. Being brought to Christ. Okay? Not I'm abandoning everything that's Christ-like to be like them. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying I can be as Christ in this situation and God can use that life to prove and to add and to reach because of who he is. Verse 22, to the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I made all thing, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. I made all things to all men. I, I just want to, I want to re reach on this a little bit more because first of all, it's a, it, we're talking a little bit about deceptions of the enemy, right? First of all, it's a deception of the enemy for you to think, since I am like this, whatever it is about me, and these are the personality traits, the characteristics, you know, this is the, this is the vessel that God chose me to be. Since I am like this, the only value that I can have is to other people like me. That's, that's exactly opposite of what Paul just said. I became all things to all men. So don't limit yourself. Don't limit your reach. Don't limit your voice. Don't limit your influence to think, well, I, I can only reach the people that came out of the same background that I did. I can only share the things that I know with people that have also been brought up in similar circumstances or been surrounded and gone through same, the same things that I have. You are not only limiting yourself, you're limiting God when you do that. Because you're telling him, you can't do this, God. You, you, you can't use me to, to reach them or act like that or, or have influence in that area. No. Please hear me. God can do all things, right? Including using you to reach others that might have absolutely nothing in common with you from the outset, what you would say. God can do that. And he says, I became all things, or I am made all things to all men. Imagine what that, that must have been like for Paul. Every day to wake up and think, well, who am I, uh, I going to be reaching today? Who am I supposed to be influencing today? And I don't even, I, I, I'm not even saying that I think that he kind of scheduled it and well, today is going to be one of these as the week kind of days. Or this is, you know, today I'm going to be like one of those that's without the law. So that's going to be my day. No, I, what I believe is the Lord would lead him every time into every situation and say at the spur of a moment, quicken him to say, 
That's a person that I want you to reach. That's someone that I am reaching for, and I'm going to use you to reach them. Now, gauge this situation. Judge this situation with wisdom and seek the Lord about how he might use you in this situation. And, and in doing so, really what we're doing, and this is boiling down to being led by God, right? Being led by him, and when he puts you in the, cir- uh, in the circumstance, and you say, okay, this is who I am today. This is who I'm going to be reaching today. This are, these are the areas of my life that I'm going to show and, and, and reach today uh, so that I might gain some people. i got to move on. I would love to stay there and talk about that more. But go back to Romans chapter 14. Verse 12. Romans 14 and 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us shall give. I don't have to answer for what Brother Vance is allowed to do. I don't have to answer for what Brother Troy feels like is right and okay for him and his walk with God. I don't have to do that. I have to answer for what is, I have to give an account for myself to God. And God, here's the reason why, because God is not requiring of you the exact same thing that he's requiring of your neighbor or your friend or your relative or coworker, whatever it is. God wants you to give an account for yourself. So this is why you need to be fully persuaded in your own mind. Let us, this is verse 13, Romans 14 and 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. That's where you judge yourself, not on am I allowed to do the things that they are doing or is it okay for, for me to be one way and them to be another way. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But what he says here, I'm going to read it again. Judge this, that no man put a stumbling block to fall in his brother's way. What does that mean? I'm going to use Brother Timothy again as an example. If, if I know that he has a struggle in his life, you know, maybe he feels like he, he, there's this one area that the, that the Lord keeps working with him, and I decide, ooh, I can, I can really test him. I can really uh, put him, t- we're going to find out. Ooh, we're going to find out how much is he living for God right now. How much Holy Ghost does he have right now? And I, I, I intentionally put one of these issues in front of him to see and to judge. Now, that's not on him. That's on me. For, because of what I'm doing is I am, I, I am becoming a stumbling block. I am allowing myself. And the scripture says, judge this, that no man does that. That you are not becoming a stumbling block or an occasion to fall. He's going to go back here, verse 14. He's going to go back to that, that uh, food analogy, the meat and the herbs, right? He says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean 
of itself, of itself, okay? And there's nothing, uh, this bottle of water right here, there's nothing unclean about it just sitting there as a bottle of water. But this could have the opportunity to become an offense to someone. Now, water is about the purest thing we can think of, right? But here you go. I'll give you an example. This is from Kirkland. That's a Costco brand. Water. That could become, as simple as it is, as simple as it seems, it could become an offense, an occasion for me for an offense. If I associate something with a brand like that, and then I start to think, well, here's where I get all my stuff. I'm going to carry this around as proof to everyone that I am above them because I drink this brand of water. What do you got over there? Oh, you got the great value stuff. Oh, man, what is wrong with you? Don't you know this is where it's at? How did we jump from something as simple as a bottle of water to an offense? Because we're adding in. He says, nothing is unclean of itself. But when you add in these other elements, pride in that instance, or, or judging, or anything, anything like that, you're adding it in in that instance, and now it's no longer just about the food or the drink. You see what he's saying? There's nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. To him it is unclean. That's what, this is what that means. If the Lord has told you specifically, stay away from this item. If the Lord has told you, I just don't want you to participate with that. Now, to me, that has a very, very clear identifier on it as to whether, and here he's calling it clean or unclean. I would call it right or wrong. Now I know because the Lord told me, and I don't make the leap, I don't make the assumption, well, this must be right for everybody or this must be wrong for everybody. Nope, it's not about there. It's about what's in here, what the Lord has put in my heart, put in my spirit for me to live accordingly. But if, uh, if thy brother, verse 15, if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charib charitably. You're, no more act you're, you're not any longer acting in love. I love bacon. Whew, man, I love bacon. My wife made some this morning. It was so good, and it, it was just wonderful. If I know how much I love bacon, Brother Vance is sitting over there. If I know, he comes to me and he, he tells me, I don't know what this is, but it's just so strange. I feel like the Lord doesn't want me to eat bacon anymore. Brother Vance, is that true? Good. No, he says, no, that's not true. That's, a, that's, just, a, that's just an example. If he says, I don't know why, but the Lord's told me I, I, he doesn't want me to eat bacon, at least for this season, maybe ever, maybe not again. If now I know I still love bacon, and thank God he hasn't told me to stop eating it, but he has told Brother Vance to stop eating it, what do you think it's going to look like of me if I come in here and then start to brag and talk about how great my bacon was that I had this morning? Oh, man. Now, it's not about the bacon. 
It's about this. It's about the relationship between he and I, between me and God, and between him and God. So Paul's saying, look at things. Don't just look at, at, at you know, what, you, what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Look at how what you do affects your brother or your sister. If your brother is, a, is grieved by what you do, by thy meat, thou walkest not in love. Verse 16, let not then your good be evil spoken of. Let not your good be evil spoken of. For, thy, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God, and he's approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Oh, man, now we're talking about actual responsibilities. I hope this is okay with you. I hope this is not too, too much to ask of us as Christians to think about what responsibilities we might have. But so I have to now start to think. I have to go about my day thinking, how can I edify my brother, how can I follow after things that make for peace? What, what's something that I might be doing? Lord, if there's anything, I think this is an okay thing to pray for. I think it's an accurate thing to pray for in, in this context. Lord, is there anything you don't want me to do today? Is there anything you don't want me to say today? Is there anything you don't want me to post or share today or like or comment on? on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram? Or, is there anything you don't want me to do? Because here's why. You are the one that has the wisdom. You're the one that knows what my brother and what my sister are going through today too. And I don't want my actions, I don't want my words to become something that can cause them an, an offense. I don't want my words, my actions, my thoughts to become something that can be a stumbling block in my brother's way. Follow after the things which make for peace. Verse 20, this is, this is the verse really that I felt like the Lord was resounding in my head this morning. For meat, destroy not the work of God. I told you earlier, there's things deeper, more meaningful than what we say are the issues, right? More, more meaningful than what we might say, well, this is the current hot topic and I've got a strong opinion and she's got a strong opinion and he's got a strong opinion and maybe we're not all exactly 100% in alignment. Uh-oh, we must, no. There are things greater. It says it here, the work of God. And for meat or for, for any, any issue, don't destroy the work of God simply because you need to express your opinion on something. Simply because you need to make ev everyone know, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I think is right. Here's what the Lord's allowed me to do. For meat, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. There's a, there's, I'm, I'm trying to be done here. I'm almost done. There's a, there's a, 
there's a thought that goes along with these lines and in uh, a word. The word is convictions, okay? Um, what, I don't want to get into the list of mine or yours or who's anybody's convictions, but I want to I label it as such, and I want to I call attention to this because verse, Romans 14 starts talking about those that are weak in the faith. Verse 15 starts talking about those who are strong in the faith. Now, whether I'm, I'm weak in my faith or strong in my faith, the Bible still applies to me in whichever facet I am. But as I progress from being weak in the faith to growing and becoming stronger in the faith, becoming more like God, becoming uh, closer to Him, as I, as I walk with the Lord, He's going to do these things called convictions. And what that means is, He's going he's gonna to inspire a thought in me. I don't know about you, but most often to me, the way that he gives me a conviction is he'll, he'll, he'll just kind of drop in a quick feeling. I, I guess I would, I would equate it similarly to, I'm not saying they're the same thing, but to try and describe it, I would, I would say it's similar to a feeling of regret. Okay? I Right now, I just, I don't even know why, but I wish I wasn't doing this. I wish I wasn't wearing these striped socks right now. I, 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 it was fine when I put them on this morning. I didn't think twice about it. But all of a sudden, it's like I got this feeling, and, and I, it was the furthest thing from my mind. And then the Lord, it's like all of a sudden I remembered what I'm wearing on my feet, and I thought, that's not right. That's just an example for you. But that's... See, it goes to a feeling of regret in a sense. And here's how I can respond to that. I can justify it away in saying, well, there's nothing wrong. Brother Tim's wearing striped socks. Brother Vance is wearing... We're all... It's fine. We all, we're all wearing them. And, and I, don't, I don't even know why I even thought that. It was, it, there's no accurate... There's no basis for that. Here's the basis for it. What did I feel in here? What did the Lord speak into me? Because that is my basis for everything that I do. And you know what? Going back to James 1 again, if I start to ask the Lord for wisdom and, and, and with the intent of following what He tells me in His Word, if I ask Him for wisdom and I say, Lord, what was that all about? Why would you make me feel regret about that decision of what I decided to wear today? The Lord will start to give you. And he, I mean, I hope we don't take that to the Lord and say, okay, I, I need you to give me um, five cross-reference verses, two Old Testament, two New Testament, and one of your choice, and I need you to have somebody call me and confirm this to me. Uh, I, no, I, I don't take it to that degree. I just say, Lord, if this is you, I want to follow if this is your instruction, I want to obey. And what I'm doing is I am allowing the Lord to develop a, a conviction in my life. And, and that becomes something. So here, I didn't, didn't really address this or dwell on it much, but Paul says it in Romans 14. Now to the man who knows he shouldn't be eating this, and then when he does it, that's actually a sin to him. To him, not to his neighbor, not to one on this side. It's a sin to him. 
because he knows. How does he know? Where did he get that? That's knowledge that God gave him. That's a, that's a conviction that God gave him where God said, I don't want you to do this. I just, all I'm asking for you is for you to obey me and my voice in this, in this moment. And if I know, okay, that's, Lord, that's the Lord talking to me, and I don't obey it, it, has no, it doesn't even matter if the person next to me even heard what the Lord said. It's about me and whether I'm going to obey his voice or not. That's a conviction. Let me read this real quick. I feel like the Lord gave me a couple of specific things um, as I was praying and thinking along these lines. You might think you know better than someone else what is right for them. That only works if they are submitted to you. Okay? I'm going to read that again because that was like... You might think you know better than someone else what's right for them. That only works if they are submitted to you. The Bible, here's, here's where I'm going with this. The Bible does say, submit yourselves one to another. So there should be an element where we are constantly looking for what the Lord might use others to tell us. That's what I mean by submitting myself. I, I need to be submitted to my brothers and to my sisters in the Lord and so with that element in mind, I start to think, Lord, what do you want to use them to say to me today? How can I be submitted to them? It doesn't mean I, I just run with all my issues to them or ask them to explain a conviction that I felt and, and submit. Well, it, here's what, if you think this is right, I'm going to tell you what I felt from God. And if you think it's right, I'm going to obey. No, that's, that's, not, that's obeying them and not God. But I submit myself in the sense, if they have a word for me today, if they have, if the Lord is using them to, to, to reach into my life, I want to be submitted to that. That's what it says, submit yourselves one to another. It means we have, it means that we need to have the default position of submission, not the default position of looking to teach. Okay? Uh, here, here's the problem. If, if I know, oh man, all my, all my brothers and sisters know they're supposed to be submitted to me as my brother, who can I go and get on to today? Who can I go and look for and say, oh, I, I see where you're a little bit out of line right here. And you know what? The Bible says you need to be submitted one to another. And we're going to test that theory, right? I don't want that to be my, my, my uh, disposition. I don't want that to be how I act. But like I said before, I want to have this, this disposition of, Lord, if you want to use my brother or my sister to speak to me today. See the difference? It's really, it, 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 there, there's, it's one or the other. I, I don't go out looking for people to say, who do I need to, to whip into shape today? No, I go out and think, Lord, who are you going to use to whip me into shape today? One more, one more thought for you. We are not God's enforcers. Please hear me right now. We are not God's enforcers. Not even as a pastor are we God's enforcers. It doesn't take long to learn that you cannot enforce a word of God on anybody. You, you just don't... It, 
you don't get to do that. No matter how strongly you feel it, man, that happens sometimes. I know I, sometimes I feel like God has given me specific understanding about why somebody is going through a challenge or a season that they're in. And he's told me if they would only do this, if they would only make this change, only make this adjustment, I would turn that whole season around for them. But I don't get to be the enforcer of that and say, well, you know, if you would just do what the Lord told me you need to do, it doesn't work that way. It has to be received by them. Received by them. Now, the, the, the good news about this is that it takes all of the, uh, the pressure of what's produced off of us. It doesn't take the responsibility off of us to, to, to uh, think about our actions and our words and are we, are we provoking one another? Are we, are we building up one another and edifying one another? That is our responsibility. We have to do that. But I don't have to go to someone and say, I told you three weeks ago you need to repent about this thing. Why haven't you done it? I don't see the fruit of repentance in your life. We don't do that. We are not the enforcers of God. Uh, uh, and those, he has to, he has to be the one that produces that and they have to receive it from him. It's not unlike the revelation of truth, right? Revelation of the oneness of God and who he is and, and the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name. That those things come through revelation and understanding at an individual level. So do all the things that we're talking about today. This, this example of a Christian life and am I doing what's right or am I doing what's wrong or am I living accordingly or am I not living accordingly? Those things come through understanding and revelation of the word of God. I don't get to just go to someone and say, if you will just follow this list, you're going to find God. It doesn't work that way. Why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you for speaking to us today. Jesus, I thank you that you love each person enough to share these things with us. Lord, I pray right now that we would examine our lives. I pray we would examine our words, our actions, Lord. And you have given us influence. Allow us to examine that influence that we have over others. Jesus, and let us consider... Are we provoking one another to good works? Are we being edifying in our words, God? Are we being edifying and building up through our actions? Lord, I don't want my actions to be an offense to someone else. I don't want my words to be an offense to someone else. God, I give you control right now. I give you control of my life in the sense that when I speak, Lord... I'm trusting that it won't cause harm to someone else. Lord, I'm trusting that through your wisdom, through your grace, and through your leading, Lord, as I speak your word, Jesus, it becomes a word of life. It becomes a word of love. It becomes a word of direction and edification. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to build up one another. We want to build up one another, God. And we want to have a spirit that is submitted to one another. In the name of Jesus, God, it's you that puts the body together. 
It's you that determines where a man and where a woman, where a family would be connected, Jesus. And you know through your infinite wisdom exactly what is needed to flow through that connection, God, through that connection to the rest of the body, what flows from the body through an individual, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would speak a word of conviction when it's necessary, God, and that our ears would hear it, that our spirit would hear it, God, that our minds would receive it, and that we would know this is a word from God, that we would know this is a direction from God, and it is your leading, Father. We want to be pleasing to you. Would you just express that for a moment? I know we've said a lot and heard a lot today, but I think if we would just take a moment and express to the Lord our desire to please Him, first and foremost, in the name of Jesus. God, I want every area of my life to be pleasing to You. I want every area of my life to be uplifting to You, to be glorifying You, Jesus, and give You glory and honor. Lord, I pray that those things that I've said, Lord, or acted, or the things I've done, Lord, that might have not brought glory to you, but might have even brought dishonor to you. Lord, I pray for forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the grace that you're extending to us right now in Jesus' name. Cause us, Lord, by your grace to examine our lives Cause us by your grace to examine our actions and our words that the love of God would flow through us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God. I love my brother and my sister. I love them so much that I want to see your will be done in their life, God. The work that you are doing, as the scripture says, you've begun a good work, Lord, and you are faithful to accomplish it. Lord, I want to see that good work accomplished in the life of my brothers and my sisters, your body of Christ. I want to see that good word fulfilled, knowing that it will produce, God, in due season, knowing that it will produce in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, in your name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we pray it in your name today. Lord, we pray it, we believe it in your name today. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, each one of you that's here and listening and watching right now, especially those of you that are connected to this congregation, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord about how you can be used to edify someone else. How can you be used? What things can you do? What words can you share? What prayers can you pray? What actions can you take that's not self-centered? Okay, We're not looking to get gratification out of this ourselves. What words can we do and what things can we do that build up our brothers and sisters? That is what the Lord wants us to do today. I believe that. Let us examine our lives. Let us examine and take inventory. What, what areas of offense? There, there might be areas of offense that I don't even know. I'm not even thinking about that, that could cause an offense to someone else. Lord, I pray by your strength, illuminate that to us, God, today. 
in the name of Jesus. I love you all. I love you all. And I thank you that you get to that you get to be on here and that I get to be a part of the body of Christ with you because your strength is strength to me. And I pray that it, it works both ways. That's what we desire. Amen. God bless you. I pray that you have a good day today. I pray that this word continues to, to get into our minds and our spirits. And really, this needs to be a call to action for a lot of us, a, a call to a filter, if you will. Lord, is my action going to just, is it going to edify my brother and my sister? Amen. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you soon. We'll see you on, on Tuesday night for our Bible study or through Zoom. And uh, God bless you all. I pray you have a good day. Reach out to one another. Let them know that you love them. Amen. In Jesus' name.